Welcome to Mind Matters, where your mind matters. I'm your host, Nate Shear. We're going to jump into the pilot episode. When I was sitting down trying to figure out how I was going to start this podcast and what I was going to do, I felt a little overwhelmed. I wasn't sure how to start, who all to have on the show. Lots of different things were going through my my head. But I listened to a good friend of mine, Nick Jenkins, and his uh, podcast, The Conversation Network, And that really helped me understand that the first episode should probably be a pilot understanding the why and how we got there and why the podcast was created. So on the Conversation Network, I want to quote him. He says, let's get through this business called life, one caffeinated beverage, one streaming service, one food delivery order at a time. So that's a great thing. Go over there on any place you listen to podcasts and listen to Nick Jenkins on the Conversation Network. Thank you for the idea. So where it all started, I was born in Chico, California, in Low Hospital, the same hospital Aaron Rodgers was born in. I like to say the same room, but I have no proof of that. I love my Chico family. Not much more fills me up in this world uh, with love more than driving down that golf course on my way to that yellow house with the blue door in Durham, California. My biological uh, father was abusive, had some anger issues, had multiple incidents with is with the alcohol. Uh, I grew up with my mom for the most part, just me and her, uh, welfare, section eight, hand-me-downs. A lot of toys were handmade by my grandfathers on both sides. Uh, we lived in a lot of small apartments. Uh, we also lived in my grandparents' house for a while. I was pretty much raised between my grandparents and my mom. Uh, my mom got her degree while working full-time at Meyer and Frank in the mall, which I don't even know if that's still even a business, but it was a clothing store, kind of like Macy's in the mall. Me and my mom have a really deep bond because it was just me and her for a while. Uh, one of my favorite stories, I had my tonsils out when I was a little tiny kid. I think I was three or four. They swolled up to the size of golf balls and I could barely breathe. So I had to go in and get them taken out. And so afterwards, you know, you can't really do much. And all you really want as a kid is popsicles. We only had one TV because we didn't have much money in our small apartment, but it was a two-story apartment. So my mom dragged and manhandled this mattress down from the second story down to the first story just to have the mattress down in front of the one TV that we had so I could veg out, rest, uh, eat popsicles, and and uh, watch those movies on probably VHS was what it was at the time. And so that kind of shows that bond that me and my mom have from the, the very beginning. Uh, in a lot of ways, I feel like it felt like just us against the world trying to get stuff done. And so growing up, uh, I lived my beginning years in Salem, Oregon, to include Dallas and Kaiser area there in the capital of Oregon. Uh, Then my mom got remarried when I was in the second grade. I was about eight years old. And we moved to Klamath Falls, the last city in Oregon, uh, last southern city in Oregon before hitting California. And through those years, I visited my family in Chico, California, in Northern California there each summer. Uh, We lived there until about the 7th and 8th grade, where we moved north to Vancouver, Washington, just across the Columbia River from Portland. Uh, So Vancouver, completely in Washington. Uh, I get the comment a lot of times that I'm Canadian. Even when I went to basic training, my MTI saw my sheet that it said Vancouver, and so he called me the Canadian the whole time. He'd say, hey, hey, hey. Um, but that was pretty, pretty funny. So definitely across the river from Portland, uh, not too far from Oregon. Um, I spent a good deal of my life driving various sections up and down I-5. So I feel like I know much of I-5 by memory. Uh, I lived in Vancouver until I went off to college, went off to college to the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks for commercial aviation. 
Moving on to my work life. So my work life, very first job, I worked at Trustway. Uh, I was 16 years old. It was a summer job. I was sawing and hammering. I told people I built trusses and jacks, which most people didn't understand what that was. So the easiest way I always try to describe it is the truss is the the pointy part of the triangle that makes the top part of your house. Uh, jacks go on the outside of that, the structure at the top of your house, if you're ever to get into the attic. So jacks and trusses, it's like the wooden portion that makes up the top part of your house. Um, so yep, and trusses are giant triangles. And then uh, jacks are like half triangles that go on the outside. Uh, I got the worst sinus infection in my entire life. I just jumped into the job. There was not really any training. I just mimicked the people around me, sawing, nailing, not really much PPE, um, just doing whatever everyone else is doing. And so for a period, my snot ran orange from the mixture of mucus and blood. It was one of the gnarliest things. I learned a good lesson there, wearing face mask and not sucking up sawdust uh, through my nose as I was sawing boards. And then from there, I moved on to working to the city of Vancouver. I was a lifeguard and then moved on to be the head guard, kind of the manager of the shift. Um, I also taught swim lessons. I've taught everyone from babies to kids to full adults, which oh, adults are the roughest. Once they made it that far and they haven't learned to swim, uh, they're really difficult to, to, to work and you know break some of those bad habits. And a lot of times break the fear of, of getting in the water. And then I was also uh, actually taught and paid to get my scuba certification way back in the day. I worked at a, a beachfront pond or man-made pond there at the city of Vancouver, which uh, during the summer needed at least one uh, scuba certified person there. So that was pretty cool. I got paid my little $8 minimum wage to get certified way back then. So usually you have to pay to get certified. I actually got paid to get certified, which was pretty cool. Uh, so I made a little bit of money and got certified. And then from there, I went off to school, University of North Dakota. Um, I remember the first time I got there, I saw there was plugins in the parking lots. It's like, oh, cool. North Dakota is so progressive and loves the environment. You know, I thought they were hybrid cars. Totally didn't realize um, they were for oil heaters. It got so cold there that even oil could freeze, which I had no idea. It completely blew my mind. Uh, so I flew planes out there. I was in a fraternity, uh, Beta Theta Pi. I majored in commercial aviation. I was also the webmaster for the school. Um, so I did some video and uh, picture editing, um, did a little little things for the website. I uh, don't know too much programming, but my days of MySpace uh, helped get me through some some basic programming for the school there uh, and the web page. Um, I also taught some swim lessons out there for adults, and then um, I ran out of money and couldn't take out any more loans. Uh, minored in partying a little bit and uh, you know probably majored in poor decisions, uh, but you got to learn somehow, I guess. So at this point, I ran out of money. I left school. I bounced around. I had a few odd jobs. Um, I worked at Les Schwab slinging tires. I worked at Honda, which I thought selling cars is going to be the coolest thing. I love people. I love cars. This is a match. Um, but that was terrible. Just tricking people and the, you know, the used car salesman type environment is really painful. So I made it one full month, got that one and only paycheck and, and got out of there. Um, and at that point, I knew I was just bouncing around a little too much, so I needed to join the world's greatest Air Force, something I vowed not to do for many years. Uh, my bonus dad had did it, and you know when your parents do stuff, it's not cool, so I wasn't going to do it, but um, the universe is a, is a powerful thing. I'm so glad I did. Uh, so I came in 
um, guaranteed air traffic. So this kind of switches over to the Air Force life portion of it. So I came in guaranteed air traffic control because I wanted to stay in that aviation world. Uh, air, air traffic control training was some of the worst years of my life. Uh, I really dreaded work, bullied, forced through like weird eating challenges. Things were thrown at me, verbally assaulted, cussed out most days, uh, threatened, and a lot of inappropriate behaviors, a lot of favors for certain things that should not have had favors for. Um, the job itself is really cool. Uh, I don't want to downplay it too much. Everyone's experience is completely different. You know, this is my personal experience. Uh, my biggest complaint really was just the odd working hours other than, you know, some of the inappropriate behavior. Um, but it was pretty cool, like going to the DMV on a Tuesday in the middle of the day and not have no wait. Um, just getting right through because that's just something where, you know, no one's really there on a random Tuesday. Um, but it's only fun for a little bit and then it kind of starts to get old. You can only sleep for three or four hours a night because you're so out of whack. We used to do two days, two swings, two mid, two off. And so really you kind of get completely um, discombobulated. It's pretty bad. So you kind of feel like a walking zombie, which is unfortunate. Um, gotta love the eight hour shifts in the air conditioning and you have some of the best views if your tower, that is, uh, everyone comes to tour the, the tower because it's a sweet location, sweet views. Uh, so some highs and some lows um, within that career field. Um, and then I moved on to contracting. Uh, that does not mean contractor. It does not mean contract company. Uh, really gets confused there when you say contracting. So contracting is who actually cuts the contract between the contractor and the government. So you're kind of writing checks on behalf of the government, um, obviously in coordination with finance and things like that. But you're writing the legal binding uh, document that goes uh, between the government and the contractor. Um, so that does get confused quite a quite a lot. I enjoyed it. The only uh, downside I really thought was it felt very repetitive kind of the same things at this point a lot of times almost everything has been bought in, so you're kind of just repeating the same thing when you get to systems level if you're an officer or you get high enough you can buy some really cool stuff if you're buying you know missiles and plat weapons platforms and different stuff but for the most part at the base level you're buying kind of the same thing and uh, there's not a lot of creativity so you have the federal acquisition regulation the far the bible for contracting and there's a lot of things um, that you can't do. So it just felt like there wasn't a lot of flexibility. Um, but other than that, a uh, good career field inside, good hours, um, into years, a little crazy, but always a good time or don't really have as much money as we used to. So that's not really as big of an issue for the long hours at end of year. But, and then I was lucky enough to be, uh, picked up for the medical service corps, uh, super blessed to have found it. Um, I was randomly, uh, in a cubicle one day, uh, eavesdropping maybe more than I should have been and then heard one of my LTs that was talking uh, in the cubicle farm about one of her friends that was at the academy that was an MSC and I was like oh that's cool I, I didn't really know anything about it I was relatively young relatively healthy just going to the clinic once a year for your annual uh, health assessment so I never really thought or really knew not much about the the jobs at the clinic at all and she's like hey do you want to go shadow and so yeah I said sure let's go check it out and I remember, as cliche as it is, like remembering that day that I shadowed, this is the thing I have to do. 
this switching jobs every couple of years, continuously learning, helping people, avoiding blood and needles so I don't pass out. Um, all these things were just so great. So super glad I found it. Um, I owe her a, a debt of gratitude uh, and also, you know, the MSCs that got me through uh, the process, even though my timelines and things got a little crazy uh, with some personal life stuff. So, uh, so far I've been in five years as an MSC. I've done medical readiness, medical logistics, and now uh, currently the medical group executive officer and really loving it. Uh, Base-wise, I've been stationed at Travis, uh, Northern California, Anderson and Guam, Edwards, Southern California, and now Kadena. Kind of funny, I came in the military, I did a pros and cons list when I decided to join, and one of the things was, one of the pros was to travel. I'm going to get out and see everything. And uh, so far, I've spent over 10 years in the state I was born. Uh, so between Travis and Edwards, I've spent uh, 10, if not more, uh, years in the state of California. So kind of funny, but uh, I have gotten super blessed to be able to make it out to Kadena and Guam. So some great traveling. Sometimes you just have to be patient and wait to get overseas. Uh, moving on to reasons I love the Air Force. So why I say in the Air Force, this question comes up a lot. Uh, there's a lot more, m more money out there um, between air traffic control and contracting. But um, again, walking cliche, I feel like sometimes. But when I say something, I mean it. Um, I love the people. I'm driven by the success of people. Nothing drives me more than hearing someone accomplish something they never thought possible or really just any personal goals, personal, professional, uh, just accomplishing things is just outstanding. Um, so I cross over the dark side. I really wanted to shield people pr uh, from behavior I lived through and just to see the best in people and ultimately have a seat at the table for change. I felt like I had some good ideas at some of the staff meetings and whatnot. And as being a staff sergeant, I felt like a lot of times things were dismissed or you never got to see the larger picture. So it is really cool to have the seat and, you know, not that. I get to wave my magic wand and just make things happen, but at least I get to be in the conversations and have that seat at the table to hear what's going on. And finally, the the story I don't tell all that often because it's uh, you know a little touchy, um, but it's the story about you know how I feel. There's an ownership back to the people, and so I got the Red Cross notification. My bonus dad was passing away, and I had to fly around the world. I got the notification, I think, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and I went home. I packed a bag, and I think it was like 6 a.m. The flight took off the very next morning, and I took off and completely left and didn't even think anything about it. And that's one thing that's super important is to take some time every once in a while to slow down and reflect because we don't think about things until after the fact sometimes. And so I got back. I came back to my house that was being watched by, you know, people in the unit. And I had a picture that was drawn by one of my coworkers of my dogs at the time and all the fun adventures they had while I was gone. And I had some dishes that were in the sink when I left that were washed and put away and the, the floors were swept and mopped and everything was completely taken care of. And that was just something super powerful to me. Because I just don't think that's something you would see in a civilian company. Do I think if I work for Amazon or Apple, do I think somebody would watch my house? Yeah, absolutely. They'd keep it upright. They wouldn't catch it on fire. They would do the bare minimum. You know, they probably would have fed the dogs, maybe like thrown them a bone once a day and left 
Um, but that ownership of drawing a picture and sweeping, mopping my floors, that's something where you switch and you change from, you know, taking care of something to really, you know, being part of that family atmosphere that we talk about. And some people use it as a, a buzzword or cliche. And I hope that's not how it's seen here. Cause you know, this is really how I see it where, you know, people were there for me when I need it. So now I, you know, feel an ownership and responsibility to be there, when someone calls, I need you, this happened to me, you know, whatever it may be. I want to be there for everyone's good day, their best day, as mentioned before, in the professional and personal development. But I want to be there on your worst day, which sounds completely bizarre and weird, but I'd rather be there with you so you're not alone um, on that worst day. Hopefully we have a lot more good days and bad days, but totally be there for your worst day. So moving into a few things. Uh, about me, I just like to highlight, I will always be your biggest cheerleader. Um, so I want you to love who you want to marry, who you want to have babies, don't have babies, adopt babies, um, go to school, uh, stay in the military, do your minimum, get out, uh, you know, learn to drive a stick shift, learn to ride a motorcycle, get you to various TDYs or any other personal development, not just, you know, work stuff. I will totally be there. Just love to see those milestones getting crushed out there. Um, so I'll be in the crowd chanting for whatever your goal is, whatever that accomplishment is, I will be there. Um, I always appear happy. Things still do impact me. I just handle them a little bit differently. Um, so I don't want anyone to ever think that means I don't care. I do care. I'm just always kind of fun loving. It's just kind of the way I am. And then I think part of that comes from my bonus dad passing away uh, really early in life. Life is short, um, so it's kind of like my personal decision and a little bit of stoic philosophy. I've been reading a lot of uh, stoicism books and different things like that. You really got to focus on the things within uh, your control if you can. Obviously, way easier said than done, but life's too short, so I'm just going to make every day uh, the best that it can be. Not that every day is going to be perfect, but um, there's just nothing that's too big where it's going to be able to destroy my day. Um, and then, uh, I want to touch on some tough moments. Um, so I've been through some stuff. Um, I lost my grandma to suicide. So she lost her battle with mental health. Um, I lost my, another grandma to routine quote, quote, uh, heart surgery, a grandpa to a brain aneurysm type thing, a, a pop in his brain one day. Uh, my very first PT test was a PT failure. I was running that thing, coming out of tech school. I thought I was good. I got no pacer. I plugged those headphones in. I was just going, not listening to no time hacks or anything. Came across for that sixth and final lap. Oh, remember taking my headphone out. You had to have 1336. I popped that headphone out. They said 14 even. I was devastated. I thought I was doing okay. It was fine. Uh, so that day forward, I've never not had a pacer. I have a problem with uh, trailing off at the end. Um, I'm divorced. Uh, I've been retrained twice. So I, uh, you know, moved through that process from air traffic to contracting and then now contracting over to Medical Service Corps. I moved around the world. Like I mentioned Guam and Kadena now. I have some co-parenting challenges with, you know, two different families and trying to split the holidays and figure out how we can get uh, the kids to where they need to be. Um, and I have that death of a, a bonus parent, which is super difficult and uh, really a family that's still learning to live after all that loss. And I think the question here is why am I highlighting negative things, right? Like that's kind of weird. Um, I highlight them because I find joy, which 
I'm sure it sounds weird, but the joy that those negative life experiences that I've lived through uh, are somewhat less awful because I can use them to help others because, you know, they were terrible. I experienced a lot of pain through them. And if I don't use them for anything, what was the point of that? It was painful to be painful and that sucks. Um, so I'm going to use those to try and uh, meet somebody, comfort somebody and try and get somebody through these situations. And at no point, hopefully ever say, I know exactly what you're going through because everyone processes different differently. So that's not the intent to say, Oh, I know exactly. No, I know something. I know how something that's awful and painful feels. I'll be there for you. Let's figure out um, how to help you or uh, the other side, just listen and, uh, you know, absorb and, and work our way through it. Um, so the purpose of this podcast is really to help each other uh, through this crazy li thing called life. Uh, this podcast is going to focus on love, life and learning. This is really um, the show Mind Matters, where your mind matters and if it's on your mind, it still matters. And we're going to talk about it. Uh, it's going to be really split between two large categories. So we're going to cover AFSCs 1 through 9. So we're going to be highlighting different uh, career fields throughout the Air Force and uh, how those people enjoy it, you know, the ups and downs. Uh, and then we'll also be touching on more mental health specific uh, topics. But mental health will be weaved through all of them. Um, I'm actually trying to switch the... Um, the verbiage for mental health. So from here forward, we'll be calling it mental fitness because I feel like mental health has a negative connotation. You're always thinking of a building that you got to go to and illnesses and drugs and deficiencies and disorders and things like that. So mental fitness is hopefully what I'll try to keep my mind and make sure I'm saying it correctly because mental fitness is, uh, an ongoing process we're going, you know, the same way you'd go to the gym to lift your weights and stay fit and hit the treadmill and do that cardio. Uh, we're going to be having conversations, working through stuff, building each other up, uh, hopefully connecting in the stories we go through. Maybe someone will hear the story and be able, uh, you know, to connect with them and resonate with them. And we'll all be able to make it through this crazy life. But um, I hope you uh, tune in and listen to a couple more. This will be my intro. So that's kind of nice. You won't have to hear the intro from me anymore. This checks that box and I'll really be able to dive in and have great, serious conversations with the guests that I'll have. Please tune in. Hope you listen to Mind Matters. Mind Matters.